everybody. This is John from the the multiverse ge- of the geeks and the the. I, I'm, I'm I'm confused. Wait a minute. Uh, am I doing this? You up? know what? I, I I gotta go get something real quick. Uh, bye. 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 What? What's going on right now? What? What? Did he just get a bag of chips or something? I. I. I, I don't know, guys. I, I guess he just left for a minute. So let's see if he comes back. Two hours later. All right, I'm coming back. Hi. All right. All right. Here. I'm back. Oh, oh, you're back. Right, I'm back. Oh, okay. I'm glad. We're, I'm glad we could do the episode now. Thank you. So, um, we're gonna try this again. So, hey, everybody. This is John from the Geeks of the Multiverse podcast. And with me today is now Matt. So. Hey, what's up? Coming back from the multiverse, and I'm glad John's back on track. What's up? I, I mean, I was always on track, so I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. That sounded really rough. I mean, it, it, it did. You know, you're right. You know what? I need to work on that. I'm sorry. So, Matt, since we're going to dive right in, what are we doing today? What is today's episode? So, today's episode is going to look a little bit different because... Where we are talking about video game and our, you know, our favorite video games and video game series, we are not going to be doing a, you know, icebreaker or opening segment. We're going to go right into talking about what our favorite video games or video game series. A lot of these are going to be very nostalgic. So let's get geeky. Let's do it. So Matt. What is your number one? Because I'm curious now. Since again, we've we've talked about in different episodes, you know, our age gaps, right? So I'm curious, what was your uh, first game? Here we go. Oh here no, we go. no no no! You're no, pulling no. out that double oh, ARP ah, card yes, already, I right? Am. Yes, right. <laughs> double ARP, baby. He's there. He can hook you up anytime. You just let him know. So go ahead, Matt. All right. So the very first one that I remember playing, because uh, we never, I don't remember ever having an Atari or anything before that. I remember playing in a, a Nintendo. That was my very first one. He's old. <laughs> and that I'm not talking Super Nintendo. I'm talking square box Nintendo. Huge gray discs you had to blow into. And even when you inserted the Nintendo games, you had to shake them back and forth just to get them to play. So like old school we're old talking. Old school Nintendo, yes. Okay. So the game that I remember playing and... It was frustrating because the game it was Super Mario Brothers. Okay, so the original. The Super original Mario. ones. Yep. It wasn't a game that you could save. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you literally had to pause it and then pray to God your power didn't go out or something <laughs> because you, could, you couldn't do what we do nowadays. Or but. the game didn't glitch. Oh, that too. And that's like... Uh, you know, my earliest memories was playing with my next oldest brother, Eric, and we would leave it on pause in hopes that like we would go and have dinner and then go back to it and try to beat the game. Because as soon as you turn off your Nintendo, you're starting on one, one all over again. So (laughs) if you get to almost the end and you have to turn it off, you're starting from one one all over again. <laughs> so that is the most frustrating thing I've ever heard. And actually, I, I I do understand what you're talking about because especially with newer games, like you could just literally like pause, boom, come right back literally two hours later and be like, oh, cool. I don't have to save anything. I don't have to do anything. And it just pops you right back in. Yeah, autosave. Yeah, yeah. autosave. And it's the most amazing feature on all consoles nowadays. Um, 
But yeah, it, it was super frustrating too because the Nintendo notoriously glitched all the time, and you had no idea when that would come across, like when it would happen. So you could be on a certain level and get pretty far in the game, and then all of a sudden it freezes or glitches, and you have to turn it off, turn it back on, and then you run that risk of it not turning back on. <laughs> so you have to blow in the disc all over again, put it in there, move it around, push the on button on and off, on and off. There was a there, there was a procedure to it, John. I I mean, listen, I may not have had the original <laughs> like Nintendo, but I my dad did own a Super Nintendo, so we did play, you know, like Donkey Kong, like the Country Returns, I believe, in you know playing. St- what was it? Star Wars, you know, the Return of the Jedi, and you know, every you know all those different games where you're talking about. Even like I think it was Final Fantasy. It was actually one of the early ones. I think it was Final Fantasy three, and I had no idea what it was. And then my dad, so many years later, was like, "Oh, by the way, we owned Final Fantasy." I'm like, "What? I never knew we owned that." Like, I, I mean, <laughs> I didn't even know what the game was. I was just playing. It was cool, but I agree. Like when you're going, you know. It was frustrating because you're praying to God <laughs> that it's gonna work, but so now that you mentioned you know the Super you know Mario Brothers and everything and in the original Nintendo, my first gaming console was actually believe it or not besides the Super Nintendo was actually the PlayStation Two, and one of the very first games we played I know my brother and I played was it's gonna sound weird it's gonna be Sly Cooper okay. And there was a, there's been four games that have been made, and it was created by Sucker Punch. And the very first game, it was it was Sly Cooper and the Thievius Raccoonus. Okay, and yes, I know it sounds really cheesy. It's very kid-like. But it was a, for me, it was the very first game I played. And you go basically as Sly Cooper, who's, again, a thief. He's a thief, and he has two childhood best friends named Bentley and, and Murray, who are, Bentley is a turtle, and Murray's a, a hippo, okay? And they're anth- anthropomorphic anthropomorphic there we go i couldn't say that right and you know they talk they do the things but it, you're basically you know going through different levels but the the premise of the games is like you go through the story you know you do different like mini games slash you know just kind of walking around the world collecting different items doing different things and it would for me it was nostalgic because it you know once you know i played the games as a kid and then you know playing the second third you know fourth one when it came out, and just recently, I would say in the last couple of years, I replayed it again. And this was the first game, I kid you not, I've ever had platinum for a trophy. It was the very first Sly Cooper, and I've never got a platinum trophy. And I was so proud of myself. I was like, my <laughs> God, out of all the games, I never would have thought it would have been this one. But it was a great series, and I know that there's a lot of games, I think that just kind of, for me, you know, didn't meet that mark. And I think as a kid, it, it really brought you know, a perspective, you know, that was different, you know, from, you know, certain other games, but it, it was always a game I remember playing with my brother and, um, I don't really think much my, my dad would play it as much cause he was like into GTA and, and different stuff at the time, but it was, it was just a unique game. I mean, I would suggest it to anybody, but it's a, it's, it was originally on the PlayStation two. And that's why I said, that's why when I owned the PlayStation two, it was, uh, it was, it was special to me, but I'm hoping they make another game. I don't know. At some point, they should 
definitely make a another one in the installment of the series, but I don't know. It, it's a long shot because Sucker Punch actually created this game, which, if I didn't already mention this. Um, and I believe they're one of the best like studios when it comes to game developing, in my opinion, of course, because they, they do a great job. But Yeah. Yeah. So one of my favorite RPGs actually was on the Xbox. Um, and that one was Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. And Star Wars actually doesn't have a lot of RPG-style games. A lot of them are either straight action or, uh, like, Battlefield is more of your online multiplayer. Although the earlier versions, like, that were on Xbox or the 360 were not initially multiplayer. You had to have, you know, split screen. Oh, yeah. That was, like... That was your multiplayer. Like that was your multiplayer. You yeah, yeah. Um, but Knights of the Old Republic really was different because it was set in the Old Republic, which most of the movies, you know, are you know the Skywalker saga. Right. This one was set in the Old Republic. Um, it wasn't open world, but there were a lot of planets that you could, you know, discover things. There was, you know. Um, Areas to explore, things to find. Uh, you really had to look for things. Um, and that was, I think, one of the very first games that, as an RPG, like I really loved being able to build a lightsaber, being able to kind of explore that world. Um, having a character where you can make your own decisions on whether you wanted to be on the light side or the dark side. Um you could develop, you know, force powers. You could devote points into those. Because I, I do remember kind of like watching my, my brother and my dad play it. I didn't play it as much. I think I tried. Um, but I do remember what you're saying, like being able to like, it was also just like customization. Like it was one of the first games to really yeah. start introducing that and being able to create your own world in a sense and your own character. So, whether you were good or whether you were bad, you know, it, it ultimately affected the end of the story and, and how you progress through the game and, and all the powers you got, all that stuff. And I agree. It's one of the very few games that, uh, when it comes down to, like, favorite games of all times, you know, it, people probably don't talk about it as much, but it, it I, I can agree that it does help, especially, like, with a lot of the newer games, like how they bring in customization and do all that. You know, they need to think back on, like, those kinds of games where they, they made the platform. They, they started it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I agree that it, it definitely is a good game. But again, you know. And they kind of changed it later on. They, they kind of took the Knights of out of the, out of the game, and they made it more of a multi multiplayer online, so more of an MMO yeah. RPG, um, sort of like World, you know, the World of Warcraft style where it was like you have the core game, but it was, you know, it's just open to every player. When you join the world, you're playing with other players. You can battle other players, but you're good. You have to go on journey, you know, missions with other players. So it wasn't like the original games. It was radically different. Yeah. And 
the game's just kind of crapped out. Right. And, and I think, you know, when you bring in the, like, the nostalgia effect, I mean, if you try to recreate the game now, I mean, you... I they think did, you, actually. Oh, did they? I didn't it's realize on, they did. Uh, I know it's on Android. I don't know if it's on the iOS platform. Okay, so but it's on the mobile, not so much a gaming console anymore, though. That's the... I don't believe... You might be able to find it on the Xbox okay. um, platform, but I know there was a gaming company that redid the whole thing and on and for Android devices, and the game for Android is actually really good. Um, the controls are really good. I have an iPhone now, so I can't play it, but I did buy it when I had an iPhone, like an Android phone, and the game is exactly what it was back when it came out on Xbox. What it sounds like is you need to go back to Android and not <laughs> stick it with the iPhone. That's just me. It's a really good game. I mean, for for what it was at the time, it, it was pretty revolutionary at the time. Okay. Okay. Um, so now that you mentioned yours, I'm going to talk into mine a little bit. So the second one I had on my list was, it's, it's a, of course, another series, a well-known series, if you play a lot of video games, is the Assassin's Creed series. Okay, so you could play this on PlayStation. I know it was on Xbox at the time. Um, but there's so many games. I there's mean, a lot of there's them. There's a lot of yeah. them. I'm not going everything through. I like this series as a whole. I think it just depends on when you want to start your like journey, right? So if you go back to the very first Assassin's Creed with Altair, you know, being, I think it was, what was it, like 11... Hundreds, or it was like way yeah. early on, and then you go into the the Italian Renaissance, you know, with the Brotherhood and and you know, like following that story, and then you know, you you kind of jump around after that, like right after Brotherhood and Revelations and everything else, it it, it literally just jumps from that to um, Assassin's Creed Three, I believe, which was the Revolutionary War, and then you have Black Flag, and then there's a couple spinoffs, you know, Unity, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. There was also Assassin's Creed. It was actually based in um, England. It was actually the Industrial Revolution. So it's like you're you're playing as Jacob Fry and her his sister. Um, but with the game itself, the reason why I think it's one of my favorites is because the, the whole point of the game, depending on where you're, you know, which one you started out with, is you're basically Desmond Miles, who is the the ancestor of all of these other important figures, or I will say assassins in in history. Right. And and you know the the point is is the assess the assassins and the the Templars, which is the the, the main villain in the game. Um, you know, in each story, it's unique because it goes over a lot of history. That majority of it is actually pretty accurate. Now, some of it might be a little you know misconstrued, of course, but you know, one of, I would say one of my favorite ones that I played, which I think a lot of people with Assassin's Creed would agree, is Black Flag. Because it was the first time in that series where you could literally, you know, drive your own ship. Like, you could just go around to different territories and have, you know, actual pirate, you know, battles with different ships. And, you know, being able to customize your ship, you know, your characters and all that stuff. So, it it really changed the platform in my opinion, when they started doing the customization and being able to, you know, get gear and get different things that you could do with. And it made it really 
special because for me anyways, I know with, like like I said, a, a lot of games that I'm going to mention, I've played with my brother and my dad, but my brother and I would always play Assassin's Creed together as well, you know, and he would start his own campaign and I'd start my own and, you know, we kind of talk about it like, hey, where'd you get? Oh, well, I was here. Where did you go? Oh, I'm behind you. Well, don't tell me anything because I don't want to know what's going on. But, you know, with Assassin's Creed, it the reason why I liked it so much too was also the the mechanics, right? So being able to like, you know, take a leap of faith, literally from the tallest point of a building and just falling down and praying to God, you're not going to die. <laughs> you know, it, it really changed. I think the, like a lot of games because it, it really brought in a lot of different mechanics that were different for, you know, from that time, whether you played the very first one or even some of the newer ones, you know, I can say, you know, Valhalla origins, Odyssey, they they brought a different perspective, but like you know, bringing in the Egyptians, bringing in you know the Greeks, you know, playing, you know that kind of realm, and then like bringing in the Vikings. I mean, those are three different you know cultures and everything. Right. So it was again, if you ever play Assassin's Creed as a whole, like there's definitely some games that's that suck, and there's games that you'll be like, yeah, I I love playing it every time, but it. It just it always hit home for me. So every time I try to get a you know new Assassin's Creed, I, I like to try to see how well they did, you know historically or even just you know bringing back some of the other you know mechanics that they they may have done in the past or even if they've created new ones, you know. So it it's just like I said, one of those series that have always you know meant a lot to me in that case. Yeah. But, so I know like I've played not all. I obviously I haven't played all of them. Yeah. No, but I've played a lot of them. And I I don't know if it's the same for you, but I I do tend to get into the games a little probably a little bit too much. Yeah, you. <laughs> and yeah. that game in particular, you know the the leaps of faith. Yeah. When you're standing at the top of the building, and you know you're jumping off into that bale of like yeah, hay, yeah, yeah, you hay, know yeah. essentially the bale of hay in this like cart. Yeah. Like I always get that like pit of the yeah, stomach the, like, feeling yeah. like. <gasps> like oh my god did i just jump off yeah and i don't know why because i'm sitting in a chair watching him jump <laughs> off but i yeah. still i still get like that like it as if i was jumping off the building too right and like when they you know how like they they do like a 360 view of like that particular area it i'm afraid of heights man and i can tell you <laughs> i would hate being that guy standing there and just watching everything around you because sometimes like, my hands get sweaty and i'm like Please don't jump. Please don't jump. And then he jumps in like, oh, okay. Well, that will never happen. But it's so like, it's so satisfying when like he lands in the hay and you're like, oh, oh gosh. Thank yes. God. Thank God. I'm not dealing with this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I, I yeah. That's that's a moment that is is definitely, it. it's nerve wracking in the time, but like it's beautiful once you land because then you're like, okay, good. And then you're like, wait a minute, I gotta go check out this area. And you're like, oh crap, here we go again. Yeah, as soon as you come out of the bill of hay, the <laughs> soldier sees you, and you're like, uh oh. Well, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and especially if you're like a low level, like because I know like it based on levels and whatnot too. So if like you're a low level and this guy's like level ten, and you're like level five, and you're like, yeah, I need to run. <laughs> I need to go hide somewhere. <laughs> but yeah. So I have another one. All right, what you got? This one came out on the N64, so oh. the Nintendo 64. I already and know where this is going. If anyone who's ever played an N64, one, it's got the weirdest controller you will ever see. Yep. 
But for those of you that are listening that have played an N64, you will undoubtedly have played Goldeneye. Yep. Which is a 007 James Bond movie that for the N64 was probably its biggest hit. Wait, so you're saying out of all the movies, you're saying that's the biggest one? As far as the game for the N64, oh, okay, okay, okay. yes. Like, okay, game-wise, yes. I was going to say, if you're going to base it, if we're going back into movies again, then that's going to be a whole other conversation. <laughs> oh, no, that would be a whole other conversation. Yeah. But GoldenEye for the N64 was a game that my friends and I used to play in high school all the time. And the N64 was one of those consoles that, you know, you wanted to play. You had to bring your controller. So that's what we're going to mention to you younger folks that don't understand this. Like, you actually had to bring a controller. You actually had to sit next to somebody. And you actually had to play on the same screen, which was usually, if depending on how many people, if, like, you had two, guess what? One's top, one's bottom. If you had four, there's four different little things that you had to look at. And there were four of us. And we had to look at one little tiny screen. And we had to know which which one we were. So the worst part of that, too, is that the TVs back then, too, guess what? We're small. Small. Like, they're, <laughs> yeah. they weren't big, so you were looking at a small screen. Like 24-inch, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Like very small. Very, very small. But my friends and I would always bring our controllers. We would always, you know, play this game on the weekends, during the week, whenever we'd get together. Like, we'd always bring our controllers. And one of my friends would always pick this one character in this game. I feel like I know what it is. The character in this game is Odd Job. Yeah. And you're saying, well, what's the problem? Well, the problem is Odd Job was smaller than where your the cursor in your game already looked. So if you wanted to shoot Odd Job, you had to aim down. So my friend, when he would pick Odd Job, would run around and kill all of us because we would always forget that he was shorter. Than the screen, and we couldn't see him, and we would get so pissed because <laughs> every time he would pick odd job every time, and just annihilate us to the point where we would be like, okay, you know what, we're done playing this game. So, so Matt, that that kind of reminds <laughs> me of when you and I played Call of Duty. <laughs> and and it, it just reminds me of that because every time we play, you're always like. That son of a, and I'm like, yep. I said I know, and then and then it, it only the problem is it only gets worse because if you think what I just said was was worse or whatever, Matt goes on a tangent and then he tells me like, what the hell is this guy doing over here camping? <laughs> like, if you think you know playing Goldeneye was bad, play some of the newer Call of Duties and and how they do certain things, and then you tell me. <laughs> well, we had a rule. Once that kept happening, like. Nobody can pick Odd Job just because of the unfair advantage Odd Job had. Uh, yeah. But the game, you know, the multiplayer part of that game was really cool because you could pick like launchers only or pistols only. And they had a gun, you know, they had the golden gun in the game that was a one shot kill. So you could do golden guns only where you're running around with a golden gun that would kill you with one shot. So Ajab would definitely win that match no matter what. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but the game, you know, the game's first-person shooter, um, the graphics 
aren't you know if you were playing them today they're blocky and not great yep n64 you know what right. i mean with, with what you had yeah um but the game is so iconic like it's such a great game for what it was on the n64 like it definitely for me brings back a lot of memories i mean if you if you literally looked at like some of the best games of all time i'm pretty sure goldeneye is on quite a few lists as like being easily on the top 10 oh easy like, yeah you know it may not be in the top five but i would say at least in the top 10 that people are like nostalgia iconic boom that's what you got like easily in the top 10 yeah um so i'm gonna switch it up a little bit okay so i'm actually gonna go into to my fourth one which then i'll switch my fifth one again none of what we're saying is actually in order so I want to make that clear. So whatever right. we're doing is... is I have no idea when these came out or... Yeah. Yeah. So the next one I have, is it's, it's of course, like I've already mentioned, it's Call of Duty, right? So the, But the original, like, first, second, and third, like, the trilogy. Like Again, the, multiplayer being yeah, you bring being, your controller. Right. Being the local, like, here's what it is, but yeah. you're going to be right next to me, and you had to look at each other's, you know, or look at the screens, know which ones you're which. But... The reason why I like the the original is yes, I I've always loved World War Two. I loved the the story behind it, and I mean Medal of Honor is another great one too. But unfortunately, I liked Call of Duty a little bit better than Medal of Honor. But you know, Medal of Honor did do a good job on the World War Two style. But anyways, so in each of the the original trilogy for Call of Duty, it it really made it iconic in a way because. When you storm Normandy, like the, the beach of Normandy, right, it it really felt like you were, you know, at the time. Now, granted, PlayStation 2, again, not the greatest graphics, but when you were playing it, you were like, oh, my God, this is amazing. But what's funny about Call of Duty is in the original games, they really focused on the campaign. They ne- Like, they did do multiplayer. They did it, you know, a certain way. But... They really focused on the campaigns. They really put it, you know, time and investment and all this other stuff. But if you look at the new Call of Duties, you you get the shortest campaign in the world, and it's only really focused on the multiplayer, which is, I get it, but it also is nice to have a story on what you're actually doing in the game. And, you know, let's say playing the new Call of Duty, you know, Modern Warfare 2, right? A little bit longer of a story, but... It really, it focuses on the the multiplayer more than anything else. So, you know, looking back at the originals, though, it it made it iconic because it, it was just like Matt was saying about the N sixty four, right? Playing GoldenEye, like for me and my brother, you know, and even my friends, you know, the one thing I always remember too is, of course, on the PlayStation. If most of you know this or don't, is it always had a memory card. So my so I remember having a blue one. My brother had a red one, and my dad had a black memory card. So just like you know your your games that you had to basically blow on, you had to blow on these memory cards because occasionally it it may not register. And so the one thing I remember too is that these controllers were wired; they were not wireless. Oh, yeah. So you had to sit there, be as close to the screen as you can see it, and still <laughs> have to watch the small screen. And so. You know, when you're playing these games, like you can cheat because it's easy to be like, "Oh, that's where he's at." Okay. Oh yeah, with so. the game genie too. You remember <laughs> the game genie? Yep. And I even remember like all the little like cheat codes. I think it was, ah, it's like I can't even remember the website, but you go on and 
not necessarily for like Call Cheat of Duty. Cheat Code Central. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what yeah. it was. Yes, yes. And so you could do like, you know, GTA, I think it was San Andreas, and you could be like, hey, I want to make my guy bulky, or I want to make him really fat, or I want whatever. a helicopter. Yeah, I want a helicopter, or I want a million dollars. Like, you could go on there, and a lot of games would be on there, but you could go in like, you know, up, down, left, right, yeah. you know, L1, L1, R2, whatever. And I do remember that, because yeah. I used to do it all the time. <laughs> but going back to Call of Duty, it the reason why I liked it, not only for the campaign, but it was nice because it brought that nostalgia of, you know, when I think of a local multiplayer game, you know, when you actually had to sit next to somebody, like, that was what it was for me. Like, being able to, you know, play with my brother, play with my friends, and, you know, pretty much getting pissed off that the fact that, you know, he would kill me, and I'm like, well, where'd you shoot me from? Where's this, you know, he's like, oh, I shot it with a sniper rifle. I'm like... What the? Where did you shoot me from? Like, I don't understand where you were located. He's like, "Oh yeah, I was over by the barn." And you're like, "Where are you hiding in the barn?" Like, I don't want. Like, what's going on here? Like, I clearly didn't see you, but, um, I just think that, unfortunately, with a lot of the newer like, you know, shooting like action games, things like that, it they don't look back at their history. So Call of Duty is known for releasing games multiple like almost every year or pretty pretty close cuz even like Modern Warfare the remat or the the remake the newer one right and then you had Black Ops no yeah sorry Black Cold, Ops Cold War sorry Cold War yeah yep and then you had Vanguard and then now Modern Warfare you know two the remastered or really the new one of it so it just it they don't really go back to their origins like, we already know that one of the best games, I would say, is probably Call of Duty, probably Modern Warfare, you know. Uh, yeah, Modern Warfare 1 or 2 really is probably the the more iconic, you know, ones that we can talk about. But, you know, they at least were basing it in modern times and not, you know. It's kind of like even with World War Two now, I'm thinking about it. Like, they, they brought back from the original but didn't really do a whole lot with it. Um. But I would say, like I said, Call of Duty is beginning one of the one of the best series of, in my opinion, of what they did well on when it comes to local multiplayer and even really bringing in the campaign. So, so talking Call of Duty. Oh boy, <laughs> I, you know I'll, I'll skip a couple of mine. Uh, just we'll do them like after this one, you know. Obviously. Yeah. But one of the ones that I particularly enjoyed was the original Black Ops. Okay, that's that is a good one, and I I loved the multiplayer in this one because it, it wasn't well. No, it was uh, World at War where it brought in zombies, right? Because then yeah, was it Black Ops that kind of kind of enforced that a little bit? I'm trying to remember like I don't remember Black Ops having zombies to be honest, but I think it was much later when they, they yeah. brought in zombies. Yeah, but Black Ops was really to me it was one of those really iconic ones. It had a really um really great story in the campaign um multiplayer like i said it was really really great but what was really good for this one was you know my daughter and i would play this one we would do custom matches and primarily we would do firing range because there was this area within that map where there was a tunnel and inside this tunnel, there's kind of this little crawl space. Mm. So 
we would be, you know we would basically play just her and I, and then we would have you know five or six bots, just running around the map. Yeah, and that's normal. And I would run around like normal. Mm-hmm. She would go in this little crawl space, and every time one of those bots would run by, she would shoot them. And, you know, but we would play this game together. And so, you know, me adding this to the list, like, Black Ops was one of those iconic, you know, franchise ones to me. Because, well, it, you know, the story for that one was really, really good. Well, it was also sentimental, right? Because, I mean, you're playing with your daughter. You know, you want to be able to connect with her on a different level. So, like, saying, like, hey, you may not be a gamer, but... Let me show you how to play this game because then we could play together and be able to yeah. do that. So I just think like Black Ops really had some good maps in their I, multiplayer. Yeah. Like no. Firing Range was one of like one of the best maps, but they had a like a lot of the good maps were on that original Black Ops. And that and that's the thing is like a lot of the Call of Duty series like there are definitely good matches. Or really, I should say maps, right? And, and like, like different game modes and different things that they brought in. I know one of Matt and I's like favorites, and he's gonna he's gonna chuckle at this, is prop hunt. And so, if you don't know what that is, oh yeah, that's favorite. That, that so basically, prop hunt is, and I'll try to be brief on this. Is it's really stupid. It is stupid. Like you can literally, what it is is you you go into a match. You can either be different pieces of. I, it could be furniture. It could be a, a bus. A, it could be a tire. Like yeah. literally anything. And then the point of it is, is there's two teams. One's going to be the ones that is going after it's these like, items. It's like hide and seek, basically. It's, yeah, it's a giant game of hide and seek. But like the people that are going, you know, after these items, you know, they have to literally shoot everything. <laughs> you know, and that's literally what it does because every like so often it'll go, and then. You're like, wait a minute, where's this thing? And so as the the prop, you're just hiding and praying to God that nobody is trying to find you. And so you have to start, you know, you could start running. You can yeah. pretend to, like, place different And the other team like, is objects. literally just shooting everything yeah. inside. And so you're praying to God. You're like, I don't want to be found. I don't want to be Spray found. Spray and pray. Spray and pray, baby. That's it. And it, it, like I said, it's a unique feature. But unfortunately, yeah. they only the original one that came out or that mode was actually on World War II. That's how Matt and I were like, yeah, this is amazing. And then they they oh, yeah. only did it. Was it one other time? I don't think they did it with other ones. I think it was only one other game. I think they did it a couple times, but it wasn't. The problem was it wasn't as popular. But with, it's a it's a party mode, so yeah. it's not it's not as popular. And it was definitely a fun one when you're going around and just trying to figure out who these you know people are and are really just the objects yeah. and you and know. you're trying to hide and then they. You know, your prop is a huge truck. Yeah. And then and you're, you're like, like, wait a minute. Uh, this doesn't look right. Great. And you try to change, and then you're a car. And you're like, what the heck? Right. Or you're a, a, a telephone pole or something that's <laughs> random. And you're like, wait, this has nothing to do with the scenery. <laughs> so um, so I'm going to go into my fourth one, I believe. So I'm going to go with Uncharted. So I know we talked about the movies, you know, it being thumbs as down. Bad. Yeah, he kills it thumbs down, but I, I <laughs> said it was okay. Down. It, w- it was better than most of them. But anyways, so the games itself, it's it's kind of similar to Assassin's Creed in some ways, but it's it's different because 
you're playing as Nathan Drake, okay? And I kind of talked about, like, in the movie-wise. But in each of these games, you basically find a treasure. So the first game is, like, you're finding um, Sir Francis Drake's, I think it was, like, a, a long-lost map that, like, brought you to, I think it was El Dorado or something. Like, it was it was something very specific, but... You, you know, in each of the games, he basically finds these different treasures, and it's it's a good story. I would recommend playing this. It's on the PlayStation. It's actually a PlayStation exclusive. Um, but it definitely brought a good storytelling. I think it does really well with puzzles because that's a lot of the kind of the main point is you're, like you're you're trying to figure out different you know puzzles and different like little mini games that they might have. But honestly, it, it's it's good overall when it comes to I wouldn't I'm not gonna put it in the same category as let's say Last of Us, but it definitely, in my opinion, it, it definitely hit the mark because when you talk about iconic characters in games, you know you might talk about like Tomb Raider, you know you might even talk about Joel or Ellie, or you know some like Kratos or somebody like that. But Nathan Drake to me is definitely one of the like PlayStation wise, it's it's up there. Like it's the game overall, and and all the other games, visually, you know, action and everything else. Like it it does a good job telling a story. I think that's really what I'm trying to get at. And it, you know, when I played it originally, I think it actually came out in 2006 or seven. I was actually a freshman in high school, if you must know. Um, and then playing <laughs> all the others that came out much later, you know, it came out on the PlayStation 3, if I'm not mistaken. And I just played it every so often. And it, it's, I can't even describe it because you literally have to play it to understand because all the stories, they intermingle pretty well. And yes, I know when we talked about the movie, you know, they went from like the fourth game to the first game to the second. And it's like, well, wait a minute, why, why are you jumping around? You know, kind of a story. Yeah. But I guarantee you if you play the series from one to four, it will make more sense. And I guarantee you that the story and everything else about it will make it want to be played. It, you know, I guess is really the best way to say it. But um, and it's to me, it's an iconic game like you, you know, you might mention Super Mario Brothers. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely iconic. But like when we're talking about PlayStation and their, you know, iconic games, it's it's up there, you know, it's, it's definitely up there just like God of War, you know, in that storytelling kind of way. And the visuals are amazing. See, I wasn't a PlayStation guy back then. I, I was see, an Xbox guy. So, because you want to tell him the story, Matt, or do you want to get going when it comes to how he became a PlayStation guy? <laughs> we'll just keep this thing moving. Oh, okay. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. All right, go ahead. I can guarantee, John, you've never heard this game. I'm, you're probably right. You're probably right. And I can guarantee because it was on Sega CD. Oh, so you're saying that I was not even born yet when that happened. I can guarantee you probably didn't even know what well, Sega CD is. Okay, hold on, hold on. So when did the Sega CD come out? Well, <laughs> Sega well. CD actually came out in 92. So one year before I was born. <laughs> Got it. Right, yeah, that. All right, go ahead. You, what is this game about? All right, so this game is called Vay. V-A-Y. Nope. Never heard of it. <laughs> so this game is actually an RPG. And in 94, 
which is actually kind of funny because you mentioned this game earlier in which this game? in the show, uh, Final Fantasy three. Oh, so oh, okay. in ninety in nineteen ninety four, Final Fantasy was the number one RPG. Yep. They was number two. Mm, okay. So this for the time was actually a really good role playing like it was a really good RPG mm-hmm. and the cutscenes if if that's what we call them cutscenes are more done in that anime style cartooning so I guess I just need a reference. So, like, what kind of anime style are we? We're not talking like Dragon Ball Z. We're not talking, let's say, Naruto or just more in that classic anime drawing style. Okay. Um, it's not done in like a Dragon Ball or you know that style or this style. It's it's more of a if you picture that anime style, like the big eyes and the oh, okay. you know the yeah, just that style in general. Um, but I do have the description. Oh boy. I feel like this is going to be a long story short from the game. It's not that long. Okay. How long is it roughly? So let me, let me read this to you, John. Oh, here we go. So this is the story for Ve. Okay. Okay. Over a millennium ago in a faraway part of the galaxy, a huge interstellar war had taken place during the conflict. A large machine escapes the battlefield. It's guidance system damage and pilot dead. It continued to hurtle outward into space. After a time, it crashed into a planet, into the planet of Vey. This planet is inhabited by pe- by people. They have little technology. The machine, programmed only for death, rampages across the planet, killing and destroying anything it sees. It takes the combined forces of the five mightiest wizards on the planet to stop the machine. Its power is sealed away in five magical orbs, which are taken to faraway hidden places. The machine itself is also locked away. In the kingdom of Lorath, Prince Sandor is about to wed his love, Lady Ellen. The most important dig- dignitaries of the four kingdoms have attended, ensuring that the kingdom of Lorath is secure for another generation. While in the middle of their wedding ceremony, the castle is attacked by a large fleet of robots. During the siege, Lorath Castle is reduced to ruins, and Ellen is kidnapped by one of the machines. Sandor vows to rescue his betrothed from her captors. So, I'm going to mention this. When you started off in a faraway galaxy, I'm just like, Star Wars. Like, straight <laughs> up. I was like, remember when we talked about like different movies that had like similar plots? I think... Did we mention that in the podcast, or did we just talk about it like individually? It could. So yeah, I can't remember when, but we talked about this, and we were like, like movies that had plot points from different movies. Oh, actually, no, I think it was you and I talking about it. But I thought it was funny. It like takes Star Wars. It also reminded me of like Dragon Ball Z. It probably reminds like a couple different movies that I can't think of. But it almost doesn't even have a a real kind of story like or just it kind of like takes from like all these different things and just puts it into one you know well game. it does i mean it's basically this like death machine that crash that crashes on this planet okay and 
they're basically these wizard, like these five wizards, who separate this machine into different parts of the planet, and basically what you're doing in the game is you're looking for this the parts of this machine, and they create um, armor pieces. So you basically are creating the le- like legendary armor and okay. your whole part of like the whole story of this game is you're trying to rescue your betrothed 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 that was that was kidnapped by these robots because the robots want this very the very same thing and so yeah you can read the story and like there is definitely like pieces of this story that you can say are you know in a galaxy in a faraway galaxy that star wars like the five wizards that could be taken from many stories like lord of the rings that's like yeah. many many different stories I mean, even the last part sounded like super mario brothers when he's like oh they stole my betrothed and you know you took well, the princess yeah, yeah. took the princess it's it's almost identical and i'm like and the main villain's trying to like come after you too and i'm like Wow, Super Mario Brothers, like. But you, re- I mean, you really do just have to play the game, yeah, to to really like see the and understand the story. Okay. Um, cause do you it, have it, a second CD on hand? Actually, if you do have an iPhone. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Yep. You can actually play this game on iPhone. It's ninety nine cents on the on the Apple Store. Interesting. I did yeah. not know that. So, I. I like this game. Did you actually? Do you have it on your iPhone? I actually do have it on my iPhone. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Is it the same thing? It's content-wise, it's the same. Okay. I wish I could play with a controller because it's not quite the same having to have him walk by me pushing where he needs to go. Ah, yeah. If I had the controller, then I can guide him more effectively. Yeah. The way that it was supposed to be, but. Content-wise, it's exactly the same. The fighting, you know, RPG style is exactly the same. The the cutscenes, you know, I've only played like a little bit of the game on my phone, hmm. but it definitely brought me back to the time that I was playing this game. Like, wait a minute, um, how old were you back then? We're not going there. John. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Just just wanted to bring that up. But it brought me back to that time when I was playing the game, and it brought me right back to that story, and and like the whole thing and like just you know being what it is now when this game i mean we're talking 94 93 it's so 20 no i'm only being now what it is like yeah if i played goldeneye right now i would look at the graphics and be like why is his head square you know what <laughs> yeah, i mean like no no you're right you're right you're right why is this gun square like uh, why is this pixelated like yeah. what's going on here but for what it for what it's worth, like it was for me like one of you know, I think I played obviously played this one before the Star Wars because this one came out way before. Oh that. yeah, yeah. As far as RPGs go, like I don't know if I actually played Final Fantasy three to be honest. But as far as RPGs, like this one was probably one of the first ones on a CD, which. For Sega CD is like unheard of because games weren't put on CD back then. Oh uh, yeah, because when did the PlayStation like the original one come out? I think that was like ninety 
five, six, maybe a couple years later. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's when they started doing CDs and, and started. So that, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So for, for an RPG, like this one was really, really good, hmm. you know, and it, it was that really classic RPG, you know, each player that you have in your party takes turns. You can select magic. You can select, you know, attack, you can run, um, very, very iconic, but it was a very, very good game. Okay. I mean, apparently you're going to have to show me because I, yeah, I'm, I might be interested in playing it. Yeah. I only got one more. I don't know about you. So I got two more because you're taking too long for the explanation for Faye. Um, just saying. Well, I'm sorry. So, so I got two more. I'll try to wrap mine up quickly. So how about this? I'll say my two. I'll let you end on with your last one. Okay. So... Smackdown, here comes the pain. Okay. Was on a PlayStation 2, actually. And the reason why I've always loved this game is when you play some of the earlier, like, you know, WWE or technically WWF, depending on which game came out on what console, this one, the only reason why this was for me iconic and nostalgic is it was actually one of the first times where, you know, you can customize a character. You can, if I'm not mistaken, actually play as legends. You can play as like Hulk Hogan, Jimmy Snuka, you know, Jimmy Jimmy Fly, you know, Snuka. Um, you can play, you know, I'm trying to think. I don't even think you play as Andre the Giant. But anyways, you can play as different legendary, you know, wrestlers, which was cool. And you could buy them. You could do whatever. But the one unique thing about this is if you did, a, let's say, a campaign mode, right, so you are career mode. So what would it be is you'd create a character and you could become, let's say you were like, hey, you know what? I want to become the hardcore champion, you know, back then. All right, guess what? You, you know, you've proved to your, um, you know, the, the higher ups in the, in the game. They're like, hey, you know, I'm, I want this. So you, you know, start winning matches. You have really good stats. You know, you can start, you know, building a story. You know, it's like you were creating your own, you know, title matches and everything else so you could be like the hardcore champion you could be the tag team champion you could be the wwe champion you could be whatever you wanted um but the one thing i remember is my brother and i playing this game and we would we would make our own characters very unique and indifferent and what would happen is we'd also make female characters to have relationships with now granted at the time i was probably i think it was like 10 or 11 so my imagination was a little wild back then Unbelievable! You know, oh, don't even start. You you were there too. <laughs> I mean, meaning not like that. I'm I'm more saying like, you had an imagination when you were probably you know ten to twelve years old, and you had some probably wild thoughts. You're not gonna say it, but it's okay. But so with the game, it was it was honestly one of the first times where you know customization for me, anyways, remembering back, it, it was unique in its own right, and you know one of the coolest parts about it is like you could you know have finishing moves from different superstars and different you know moves in general so you could be like hey you know i want to sorry you want to have a move list of like the rock but you want to act like i don't know kurt angle i don't know if you like him go for it you know or if you you do whatever so it was to me it was a nostalgic game it it really did a good job it, again, with PS2 graphics wise, it was okay. It you know you might see if it you know it looks different, but 
I just think that if you're playing a game like kind of like old school like that and, and wanting to see like the, the attitude kind of error and just like playing different matches, it's, it's a pretty cool game. The but, old school wrestling games, as far as what they were, were a, a whole heck of a lot better as far as playability yeah. than these newer ones are. No, I agree. Like, I, the I, old school is a lot better. I tried playing, you know, the 22. Yeah, no. And I, it's like I can't even, like, do any moves. There's too much going on. That's the problem. <laughs> like, back then it was so simple. The moves were really yeah. straightforward. These are like, you can do, like, 300 combos, and it's like, what am I doing? And if I'm even doing it right. Right. You know, I agree. Um, but I'm going to go with my last one real quick. So... The last one I have is it's a PC game. It's a it's a well known one if you've seen it. It's Command and Conquer Generals, and there's also uh, it was an expansion, but Zero Hour was the expansion to it. So strategy games, you know, even Bay actually because this wasn't the first one. I mean, you had Command and Conquer Generals, Tiberian Sun. You had you know, uh, I can't even remember the others. I remember my brother playing them mostly on like an actual PC that was like was a 95 or 98 you know windows like it was it was old school it wasn't just like this you know laptop or anything like that it was you had to get on and it was blocky and it you know it it may or may not work we'll see (laughs) (laughs) so it was unique because when you play the game you know you start off at like you know you could be uh the united states you could be china you can be what they know as the gla which was terrorists basically so like you're middle eastern sorry guys that's just the way they portrayed it um but the 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 interesting part was it was strategy based so like you would you know different you know countries might have different abilities so you might be you know let's say the gla might have like better workers and they you know make buildings and different you know resources quicker and be able to you know build an army within a like a five minute time frame where some one of the others might have better um, like leaders that you get in the game where, you know, they might have certain abilities where they can go camouflage or they can, you know, blow up vehicles out of nowhere or it just, it was an endless, you know, slew of all these different kind of features. But even in the game, it, it was supposed to be more modern based, but graphics wise. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a little tough to, to follow along, but it's a little tough. Yeah. It, but I will say that, you know, nostalgic wise, if like if, if they ever remastered the game, because they they were talking about making a sequel a long time ago, or at least a few years back, and they canceled it, and I was like, oh my god, man, like I I want to play the game, like I would love to see how they they generate the new graphics and the new style, but they got rid of it, and I was like, man, but the game, it was it was one of the first games that I remember playing. Besides, of course, Sly Cooper, but it, it was it. I love strategy. I always love like trying to figure out like, all right, let's let's see how quick I can make an army and like destroy the the rest of the, you know, enemies on the map and like, all right, you know what? I'm just gonna start building a nuke and all right, well, here we go. These areas are gonna have some nukes all over the place and, you know, I again, if you ever played it, you'll know what I'm talking about. But it, it honestly, overall, it amazing strategy amazing you know ways you can you know build an army build a civilization you know so like even age of mythology or um age of empires like 
another great strategy games like similar to that. So if you ever played any of those games, I guarantee you nostalgic and you know seeing what it's like to you know play as different cultures and stuff. It 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 definitely makes it you know well worth the wild. I would say Shay, sorry say. So uh, yeah, Matt, go ahead. What's the last one, baby? So last one is an Xbox 360. Oh boy. Which, as far as consoles, I'd have to say the Xbox 360 was one of my favorites. Obviously, now I have a PS4, so that's why. one of my all-time favorites right now because that's what I'm using now. But Xbox 360 has to be, you know, growing up, it has to be one of my favorites. And these two games, I'm talking about them at the same time because to me, this game had so like these two games had so much playability for me. I could play it over and over and over. Like one single match would be about 45, 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. And granted, it might be the same game, but it would be different every time. And the games that I'm talking about is Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2. Um, each game had a set of four characters, and you could play online. It was a four-player co-op, so you basically picked your character, and you had three other people join you. So, wasn't Back for Blood like? Is that Back for Blood similar? is the same company that made Left for Dead? Yeah. Um. So it's kind of their version of a reboot. Hmm. Okay. It kind of fails in that. Yeah. A little bit. Um. Left for Dead and Left for Dead Two, they were just awesome. Um. Each each uh each match i i call them matches um each game i guess was like its own individual movie so Hmm. you had your movie poster they it was kind of like at the end of the match like it told you how many zombies you killed um but you basically went from one safe house like one safe room to another safe room and each each match had three zones. So you went from one to the next, and then you went to zone two. One safe room to the next, and then to the third one. Um, you had special infected, so there was a hunter. He would basically prounce on you and, you know, scratch you all up. There was one that was a smoker, and you would actually hear him. He would... <coughs> He would he would cough, <laughs> and he, as gross as that sound, he would grab you with his tongue. That's on so many levels. That's wrong. <laughs> that's terrible. Um, there was one that was called a boomer. He was really really fat, um, and he would kind of barf on you. Oh, I thought he'd blow up. <laughs> he does. Oh, he does. Um, but he would barf on you, and the barf that he you know puts on all the characters would basically call a horde of zombies. Oh, great. So the idea was you avoid the boomer at all costs. Um, when you shoot him, he explodes, and the barf goes everywhere. So mm. if you shoot him next to a player, they're getting covered in this barf, and then, and you're, then you're, you're, you're getting you're a horde. And that was what was different about the game was the zombies were, like the AI for the zombies was just on point with both of these games, where you could play, you know, one match... And then you could play it again right after. And the AI for the zombies, completely different. 
So your hordes come at different times. You could have a horde and then not have a horde for a few steps and then have a horde right, right over again. Right. Um, there's another special infected, like, um, that was a, it's called the tank, which I'm assuming you could, it was a pretty huge kind of a beast. Yeah. Um, so it was really iconic. One of my favorite characters in that game was Francis. He was kind of a biker-esque guy. Um, he always would say, like, I hate the stairs. I hate hospital. Like, every every like situation you were in. So he was like a negative Nancy, basically, the entire time. Pretty much. Like, every situation. Like, you're walking through, like, a cornfield. I hate corn. Like, every <laughs> situation. That's what he would always say. Um, the first game had a character, Bill, who was, like, a retired military guy. Um, you had... Um, and I don't remember all these names because I haven't played it in a while. Um, but you had another character, and he was so funny. I used to always make fun of him because there was pills in the game that kind of like it didn't heal you, but it kind of when you were injured, it gave you like a little bit of health. And this character was a black guy, and he would always got pills here, <laughs> and he was always so super God. upbeat about it. It was, it was really funny. Um, but those two games were, like, really, really cool to me. Like, so much playability. Like, I wish I had an Xbox still to, to play them, but I don't. I mean, I was kind of the cause of you getting a PlayStation, <laughs> so we're not going to go into that story. But We're yeah. not going to go into that story. But Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2, um, they're the last ones on my list. But not certainly for that purpose, but they're the last ones on my list because I, I do love those games. I played them so long. I mean, yeah, I, I, I wish I wish I could have played it because just because we played Back for Blood, you know, I yeah. really kind of wanted to see how Left for Dead, like, was probably totally different than playing Back for Blood. Yeah. Which, the, for me, playing Back for Blood, I, I, I don't know. You liked it. I didn't really care for it as much. It wasn't quite it, the same, and there was a, there were modes in. I don't know if it was in the first one or if it was just in the second Left for Dead. Um. But you could actually play multiplayer as the special infected. Mm, okay. So when they killed you, you would basically respawn as like a new one. Okay. And you would run around and try to, you know, if I was like the smoker, I would try to, and you know, snaggle one of them away from the group with my, with the tongue, yeah. you know, or if I was the boomer, I would try to spray them with that with the barf to call the horde yeah um but essentially i mean there was a strategy for being special infected like you worked as a team mm -hmm. where you know the boomer would call the horde you would pull one away the hunter would jump on out you know yeah the, so you'd have multiple people doing different roles and making sure that you were the ones that were going to win the match yeah, yeah yeah so but I think that's it. I think we don't have... I mean, there's more that we probably oh, yeah. could say, Absolutely. but... Absolutely, we could talk about more. But I do want to mention this. I'm curious, man. What were some of the video game consoles that you've owned in your lifetime? Because I, I know I've owned different things, and you clearly have owned different things as well. So we do have a list. Okay, so please tell me. All right, so my list is uh, basically I've had the Nintendo, which is the NES. So the original, yeah. When Sega Genesis. Hold on, when did that come out? It came out in 85. 
Oh, okay. Sorry. I just had to, you know, make sure. Whether I had it in 85 is another question. Okay. Uh, The Sega Genesis, which came out in 89. The Super Nintendo, which came out in 91. I had a Sega CD, which the Sega Genesis actually sat into. Oh, wow. Okay. So the Sega CD was a was a CD, and then it had a dock for this for the Genesis. Hmm. Um, the Sega CD came out in '92. The N64, which came out in '96. Uh, GameCube, which wasn't actually mine; it was the kids. Uh, that came out in 2001. Xbox, when I looked it up, it said 2002, but that is not accurate. And I can tell you that it's not accurate because when I bought my Xbox, I think it was, was like 2001. The day 9 11 happened yeah. is when I bought it. So it had to be in 2001, roughly. Right. So it, yeah, okay. Um, Xbox 360, which is 2005, the Wii, 2006, and lastly, the PS4. 2013. So, yeah, when I mentioned to you that you've owned more than I have, yes. Well, uh, we'll see. So, it wasn't originally mine, but it was my dad's. It was the Super Nintendo uh, Entertainment System, so the SNES, right? And then, so our first console we ever owned was a PlayStation 2, okay? And then we got an Xbox, much a little later. Then, of course... Xbox 360, and then going into the PlayStation 3, and then, you know, I've owned, I still own my PS4, and my mother actually bought me a Nintendo Switch, and then, lastly, I have a PS5. So, granted, majority of it has been PlayStation, and because of the Xbox 360, that's, it honestly... Never said that I didn't mind playing the the console. It was because, unfortunately, it was the Red Rings of Death. Like that's what really deterred me from. Oh, let me go get another Xbox. No, I'm I'm all set. I'll I'll stick with the PlayStation this time. But that's me. You know, maybe that might be a future episode idea. Just saying. Um, but yeah, I I think, you know, I think we're good. But I will say this, guys. So thank you for joining. You know, our show today on a. Our all-time favorite video games, of course. Uh, again, we, we always love when our listeners follow, subscribe, and even share our podcast You know, to people who enjoy listening to geek culture, really. You know, you know the, the challenge that we still require is we want you guys to reach out to us, right? We want you, of course, to maybe give us some new ideas. Maybe there's things that maybe we're not focusing on or, you know, maybe there's things you want to hear, right? So... Really, reach out to us. And what I'm going to say is, too, as a little quick update, is we now have a new website. So we just made it actually yesterday, believe it or not. And we're we're looking forward to you guys to actually, you know, check it out. It's also another way to reach out to us. Again, it's going to be www.geeksfromthemultiverse.com, right? So if you want to check it out, go on there, you know, see what we're all about. I mean... Eventually, we'll update our bios because, you know, we, we want to let you know who we are kind of a deal, right? But without further ado, Matt. Yeah, I mean, we love that you guys are listening and checking us out. Uh, I think 
we just got an email what a this past week that we got you know a hundred unique plays on Spotify. Yeah, which, which is, is amazing. Amazing for just having three episodes. Yeah, you know, I would have never thought we got you know this far just doing a, a stupid podcast. Oh, on, it's all, oh, on, it's on stupid now on, okay. on geek culture. You know oh, what I mean? Like true, yeah. you know, you know. But we're we're grateful that you guys are you know checking us out and listening. And you know, the initial challenge that I have, I'm still going to challenge you guys to, you know, like, share. And get us out there, you know, share to your friends, share to your family, uh, share to that random guy that you saw at Walmart that maybe you don't want to talk to, you know? I mean, you know what's funny? I actually left <laughs> one of the business cards at my place, and someone did pick one up, which I thought was funny. I had no idea, but there's two left, so if you guys, again, if you're listening, you want to come to my place, I'm not telling you where, but if you do happen to be there, just go ahead and pick up a card, because... You know, we're, we're trying to share our podcast through our business cards and just making sure, you're, again, liking and subscribing with, you know, Facebook and, and hopefully Spotify, Apple, all the other major platforms, right? Yeah, and you can go on Spotify and actually Spotify will create a shareable image. Absolutely, yeah. Um, that you can put on social media, you can put, you know, anywhere – and it's like a perfect shareable image for oh, yeah. sharing the podcast. Like you don't even have to say anything. You just post it as a picture. Yeah. And it's um, too easy. It makes it really easy. So again, like, share, subscribe, follow, whatever you guys need to do. We greatly appreciate. Check out the website. Uh, you know, everything that you guys can do to help us. We're, we're appreciative of it. So. Stay geeky. Stay geeky.